0: The problem with doing that is there are a lot of external forces. So unlike driving your car, which is, uh, you know, people aren't trying to get you to go the wrong way. Um, Sometimes we end up going the wrong way, but it's not as if someone is pointing you in the wrong direction. But with eating, there are a lot of external forces that actually want you to eat the wrong way because it serves their interests. And so staying unconscious while you're eating is not a good strategy. Welcome to the Live the Path podcast, where we meet real people leading unreal lives. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Faramaris Hidaji, MD, and I'm here with...
1: Jill Hidaji.
0: We're going to do the last part of our nutrition podcast. We've done three parts, and this will be the fourth. So why, when, what, and now this is how. And by how, I mean how to sustain... Your attempts at eating better and getting healthy. So we're going to focus um, a lot of times when people start talking about how they focus on the mechanics, you know, like the, you know, how often a day do I eat or little tips and tricks to help me avoid sugar cravings. We're not going to focus on that today. Now, If you want to learn more about that, we actually have a monthly webinar, which is a 30 to 45 minute, four part series over four days, which we're going to be having once a month. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to livethepath.com and sign up. It's not very expensive and you'll learn a ton. So the the details will be there, but we're going to focus on two main concepts here. And the first one is a biggie. And that is the whole idea of staying awake while you eat and while you try to get healthy. The idea of staying conscious, present, and awake. What do you think of that, Jill?
1: So presence is a big part of how?
0: Yeah, because I, I I think that the basic idea is the key idea here is that things, good things happen when we're conscious and awake and, and here, and bad things happen when we're unconscious. So
1: what do you mean by presence with food? I'm not sure I know what that means.
0: Well, the best way that I can describe it is maybe describing what it's not. So a lot of times we have gotten in the habit of Eating quickly and doing something else, you know, multitasking while we're eating, whether it's watching TV you're looking at our phone or listening to the radio, driving. And, and food is this thing that we do. Eating is this thing that we do without really thinking about it. And I think that's where bad habits sneak in.
1: So you mean more presence like when I'm watching a movie in the storyline while I'm eating?
0: Well, it means just putting other things away and eating and focusing on the act of eating while you're eating. I mean, I think that the long term goal here is getting good eating habits, learning good eating habits. So a lot of us, me included, have bad eating habits and shifting those to good eating habits is what we're trying to achieve in the long run. However, until you have those good habits in place, you have to stay conscious uh, because habits will take a month or more to develop. And while you're still wrestling with the old habits, you really have to one by one kind of meet them uh, and defeat them.
1: So in addition to eating better food, I can also eat with better intention and presence. Yes. and be another ingredient that goes into eating well. Yep. Okay.
0: So back to the, the initial idea of unconscious versus conscious. And I, I think we need to tease this out a little better. So most of what we do during waking hours is done unconsciously. And that's actually a good thing. You don't want to be thinking about walking and walking. Um, going up and down stairs and driving. All those things have become almost unconscious on autopilot. But if you'll recall, when you first were learning how to drive or any skill, riding a bike or even walking, you probably don't remember learning how to walk. That happened so young. But every move you made, every muscle you contracted and relaxed was done consciously. But as soon as you master that skill, it becomes unconscious and on autopilot to the point where we can do something as complex as driving to work and really not paying attention to it. So the problem with doing that, and you could say, well, I don't want to think about eating. I I just want to eat and move on to the next thing. The problem with doing that is there are a lot of external forces. So unlike driving your car, which is uh, you know, people aren't trying to get you to go the wrong way. Um, Sometimes we end up going the wrong way, but It's not as if someone is pointing you in the wrong direction, but with eating, there are a lot of external forces that actually want you to eat the wrong way because it serves their interests. And so staying unconscious while you're eating is not a good strategy.
1: Is it necessarily eating in the wrong way or just not eating in a way that serves our health?
0: Well, yeah, I don't think they're I, I, when I'm talking about these external forces, I'm basically talking about marketing and the food industry and food science and these things. But you know, you can look at it two ways. One is that it's just they're just companies trying to make money and we're just they're consumer and they're just trying to be successful. The other way, though, if you step back and look at some of the things that are there, they are very intentionally consciously trying to engage your subconscious drives. In a way that serves them and doesn't serve you. So you can't just leave that up to chance.
1: No, you need to advocate for your own health in a lot of ways th- these days, but particularly in what you eat every day.
0: Yes. And, and this battle that I feel in my mind all the time when it comes to food, it's this ambivalence that you feel sometimes when you know that you're at this fork in the road. And, you know, do I eat the Snickers bar or do I not eat the Snickers bar and wait a few minutes and eat a healthy salad. So that ambivalence that we feel is basically the battle going on between your conscious and your subconscious drive. Yeah, Paul, you're going to get edited out.
1: (laughs) Monkey over here is crawling all over me.
0: Yeah, this is Paul, Um, the hound dog, who who, he's thinking, I don't have that battle going on in my head. I just want to howl and eat food.
1: Okay, but but that does bring up a point. Um, I have long contended that if I eat powdered donuts with a positive mindset, they're less harmful to me than eating them feeling guilty about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm not advocating you feeling guilty about the donuts at all because there is a time and place for fantastic donuts. I'm totally an advocate of enjoying food that you eat. And I love to cook food and and health is one of the things I use as a measuring stick when I'm cooking food, but it's not the only thing. Certainly enjoying something that you enjoyed that your mother made you that just warms your heart. That's good for you as well.
1: Well, I have to say, um, kind of ironically, but while I was with my brother recently recovering from heart surgery, I did find myself down in the commissary at the hospital buying a little package of powdered donuts because i just wanted a little something it was like caregiving takes a little energy and i was worried about him and i did find i i did do that that was one of the treats i gave myself um when i was um taking care of brother with my with sister and i just let myself have that treat
0: and yeah. i really don't think there's anything wrong with that at all in fact i think the last thing that I want to accomplish here is to make people feel guilty because I'll be honest. I routinely fail in my attempts to eat healthy. And it's just that you want to do that in a purposeful way and not be doing that because you saw the golden arches and it triggered some reptile brain response and you found yourself sucking on a McDonald's milkshake and, wolfing down French fries and then woke up 15 minutes later and said, what the hell did I do? That felt like crap. So we're trying to avoid that. But I I certainly, you know, there is a definitely a value in eating foods that nourish your spirit. And um, I wouldn't give that up. And I certainly don't want to say if you're not eating a a healthy diet that you should be shameful.
1: No, I, I do compare that to how it felt to cook out on the grill. At the land at the barn yesterday, and we had all fresh vegetables, a little bit of meat, and um, we were driving back to the house last night. And I felt so satisfied by that meal that was cooked over an open fire, fresh grilled vegetables, um, a little bit of um, sausage. And um, it was just, it was a really satisfying, nutritionally satisfying, as well as spiritually satisfying Mm. meal. And that spiritual satisfaction, I think, plays into some of this how.
0: Yeah. And that feeling of spiritual satisfaction is a clue that you're headed in the right direction with your diet. And uh, it was almost a whole body experience. We cooked on open flame and We thoroughly enjoyed the whole process. We contributed to it equally as a couple and then sat down and enjoyed it with our dog at our side. And it was just beautiful. And so that's, you know, the food was delicious and healthy for the most part. Um, But yeah, it was much more than that. Mm -hmm. Which actually brings me to the next topic, which you're going to hear this word for the first time. I coined this word in my head about three o'clock this morning. Um, And it's the word Nutramission.
1: What does that mean?
0: What? You don't know what nutrition means?
1: It's um nutrition as a mission.
0: No, no.
1: <laughs> Although that's good. It's some energy export from no, nutrition.
0: No, it's just no, maybe like some hippie idea. I don't know. Um, well, here's the the origin of this word. So I've we've studied, we've experienced this this Buddhist idea of the nutriments. And instead of nutrients, it's nutriments. The first first part, and there's four of them, the first of the nutriments is actually nutrition. It's edible food. But there's three more. And the reason there are three more is because um, the Buddhists believe that we have this communion with our environment, and it's not just with food. Food is an important one that we have to get right. But there are three other ways that we exchange information and um that we are influenced by our environment. And the other three I'll just briefly review number two is sensory impressions. And number three is volition. And number four is consciousness. And we we don't have a whole lot of time to go through all of those in detail today, but I'll just say that, you know, the first one is uh, edible food, the first nutriment. And we've been talking about that exhaustively in the series Number two is volition. And that basically means the way that you can influence physical reality with your body, with your voice. Um, and the, the primary one of that is is your work. That's the one that tends to take most of our time, how we act on our environment. But there are other ways. Um, so, you know, oh,
1: That was number three, since impression was
0: two. Oh, oh, did I skip number two? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, so, yeah, volition is number three. Jill is quite correct. Um, and- so th- that 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 is again how how we can act on our reality. Yeah,
1: and, and that's one I'm particularly passionate about in doing career coaching with people is what do you intentionally get up and use your skills and talents to do every day, and that helps. If you're doing something that's using your core talents, it makes work a completely different equation for people. And so I really enjoy helping people pivot to, towards doing more of their passions, talents, um, and really use their life energy for the v- vocation that they choose.
0: Yeah. So it's interesting. The vocation and volition start with the same route, but, mm-hmm. um, but it's not just your work because it's, you mm-hmm. can go to the homeless shelter, you can paint, you can, um, it's how you parent. Yeah, there's a, how you, exactly. How you interact physically with your environment. Mm-hmm. So that's number three. I skipped ahead. Sorry. Number two is sense impressions, and that is primarily um, this day and age. It's media, so it's it's texts, emails, Twitter, TV, the radio. It's just how things get into your uh, your being through your ears and eyes.
1: Sure. Do and, you turn your car on and the radio's already on, and whatever's happening there becomes your you know mindstream. Um, I think of it as digital detox um, these days because there's such an overwhelming plethora of impression that way.
0: So so it's it's actually a beautiful metaphor because you're, we talked about food being the first one and how it's important to stay conscious with that. But a lot of people neglect sense impressions. The second one, you know, what kind of. Uh, what, what's getting into your senses and because that can be just as toxic as food. Mm-hmm. So do you want, and it's also just that important to be conscious about it. So do you just mindlessly sit on the couch, exhausted from work and just turn the cable on and start flipping through and just whatever is on is what you're watching. Or do you sit down and say, <clears throat> you know, I, I don't want to expose myself to a, uh, you know, a shootout on, in some movie where people are, get their heads blown off. Tonight, I'm going to watch a documentary on X.
1: Well, even last night after our wonderful dinner at the at the ranch, um, you know, you wanted to come back and watch a movie. And I said, no, you know what I really want to do? I just want to read my book. I want to sit quietly and read. And and that was something I had to say out loud because it is our habit sometimes to just turn on a movie. Um, and shop for a movie first and then turn it on for a couple of hours. So I just made a more conscious choice and you were really sweet in honoring that. Um, and I would say, um, moving back to number three, whenever you're ready, I would say there are vocational detoxes that need to happen for people in their volition and volition detox. Like what am I choosing to put my energy towards? And there can be detoxes there where you consciously choose something different.
0: Yeah. And and the important point is that these things are all interconnected. So if you are in a job that makes you miserable and sucking your soul, it doesn't make much sense to try to clean your diet up simultaneously because it's those things all, they're all different forms of nourishment. And if you're getting toxicity from work or a relationship, or if you are watching violent movies or playing violent video games all the time, those are also malnourishing you. So those are other forms of nourishment than just food. And, and they're equally important, but they really don't get as much air.
1: Yeah, you just I had a flashback to a time when I was doing work I did not enjoy as much. And I used to, the kids were little, and I used to go through Starbucks every morning on my way to my corporate sit-in-a-cube job. And it wouldn't have made sense for me to... That was my treat to have to go do work in a way that didn't fit me. It wasn't the work was so bad. It was the way I had to sit in a cube, which was very dehumanizing versus the way I get to work today, which is be with clients when I need to and be here when I'm working otherwise. Um, and it just really sent me back to that was, I know, a treat I gave myself was my mocha from Starbucks every morning.
0: You have to feel some sort of uh, whole or unfulfilling experience that you had at work. Yeah, so, so you might – and by interconnected, I mean you may be overweight because you're in a bad relationship or you may be overweight because your work isn't fulfilling. and um, Or you're
1: out of work and you don't have something that gets to – you get to use your talents and skills yeah, on.
0: Yeah, so these things are all interconnected, and, and I think it just makes whatever transformation you're in the midst of much more powerful if you understand that. So there's multiple ways that things are getting into our being – not just food.
1: We live in an ecosystem and we really need to think more holistically. I think when we think of health, it's, it is not just the food we put in our, in our mouth.
0: Yeah. And, and actually the fourth one is the one that maybe gets the least uh, exposure and that is consciousness or spirit. Um, Because, you know, we have this idea that we're in this hard reality and we're physical beings, but Um, I just personally don't think that that can be in the end true because we came from nothing and we end up going back to nothing. And, um, to think that we're just here on the physical plane, um, as hard physical reality beings and don't have a spiritual side, I think is, it can't be true, I believe
1: it's, um, in some ways, I think that spirit piece is the essence of life energy.
0: Yeah. And maybe that's why they made it the fourth nutrient because nutriment, because you would have three to practice with till you get to the most important one. Um, and back to the idea that all these work together, um, if your spirit is unhealthy, if you are in life feeling unfulfilled, disconnected, I think is maybe a better word. So if you feel isolated, disconnected, which I think is. Epidemic these days.
1: Well, disassociation is a really popular word these days.
0: Disassociation. Could Mm. you explain what you mean by that?
1: Oh, I just hear a lot of um, people describe themselves as um, having disassociation with this or that. It's just become a common vernacular Mm. where they're feeling they're seeing something happening in front of them, but they're not feeling an emotional, spiritual connection to it, whatever's happening in their life.
0: Yeah. And it may actually be the most nourishing thing. The most nourishing nutriment is this spirit idea. Because if you have that, you know, that's, you know, Jesus fasted for 40 days in the desert with nothing other than this spirit. Mm-hmm. And so it is at the end of the day, you know, when you're on your deathbed, it probably is the most important thing. Are you connected to spirit? Are you connected to other living beings around you? Um, and, and I think like I was alluding to earlier, Isolation, social isolation, and people just feeling alone, friendless, unsupported is really as epidemic as the obesity epidemic. They're parallel trends.
1: Well, you know, I have this beautiful story I've shared with you before of when my grandfather passed. He was, we were, the family was surrounding him in his hospital bed. And he was certainly connected to us when he was conscious, but he would leave us sometimes. And when he came back, we were like, Granddad, where have you been? What was going on when you were not with us? And he said, I was talking to God. He was with God, and I could tell there was this spiritual thread. He he is the person responsible for my different relationship with death than I had before that moment. Um, there was such peace in his voice. He wanted us to sing a few things and read some scripture that he liked And um, I could tell there was a thread between this other world he was visiting and when he was with us. And to me, that was what we as Christians call Holy Spirit. But it was just so calming. I have since that day had a different relationship with what we perceive as death.
0: Mm, Wow. What an experience. And, um, And just think about how many times that experience is denied to family members because they're Their dying family member is in a hospital full of tubes, and um, the the medical establishment kind of limits the visitors to one or whatever whatever it is. But uh, that is a very powerful experience, and it's a a way to get that signal that there's something more out there. Yeah.
1: yeah, that connects for me. I have a niece that's due any day, and she's using midwives to deliver. And there's a natural way to come into this world that existed long before Western medicine, and there's a natural way to leave this world, which existed long before Western medicine. And I think we miss some of that whole ecosystem by these limiting contract, you know, uh, things that we do as far as um, sustaining life in a medical way. Um, and I think that nature really takes care of a lot of things if we just let her.
0: Mm, very true. Very true. So just to wrap up, um, we, if you want to learn more about staying conscious, not just in regard to food, but the other three nutriments we mentioned, we do have a website. It's called LiveThePath.com. And we will be at least um, on a monthly basis be running what we call a reboot camp. And it's basically nutrition and meditation combined, which I think is a very powerful duo. And then you can use the techniques you learned, of course, on the other three nutriments, which is the really exciting part for me. But we will leave that up to you guys if you're interested. And if you have questions, you can email us at info at livethepath.com. And so we're going to be signing off for the day. And our standard sign-off, of course, is um, Faramaris Hadaji MD signing off from the Live the Path podcast and
1: Jill Hadadji. See you soon.
0: Thank you so much for listening.